Welcome to the Liver Alone Podcast, the podcast where two nerds who consume a whole lot of horror discuss their favorite pieces of horror media. From movies and TV shows to video games, novels, and everything in between. Because this is a spooky world, and we're just thriving in it. I'm your host, Sarah, the survivalist in your slasher friend group that will put up a lasting fight, but inevitably die because only the final girl can survive. And I'm your host, Ian, the fearless fighter in your slasher friend group that tries to save the day but ends up dying because physical strength just doesn't win in horror. Ian's actually not in for this episode, unfortunately. He is taking a break from this one mostly because of timing and commitment issues that we uh we just decided like you know what it, it'll just make more sense if I just do this one alone but also because this piece of content is something that I consumed by myself actually and he hadn't so it, it kind of didn't make sense for him to sit in and talk about this one if he didn't have any individual opinions on it especially because he just heard the recap of what I consumed he would just reiterate everything that I said anyway so we just felt like it would be the best decision for me to do this one solo but don't worry he will be back but in today's episode we're talking about a story from a dark side of the internet from the fictional world within the reddit community and the place where horror fans need another scratch to their spook obsessed itch that's definitely me <laughs> creepypastas and I'll be discussing one creepypasta story that has stuck with me for many many years I read this one a long time ago y'all but before I begin talking about SAR Woods I do want to give a brief synopsis of what creepypastas are so I feel like a lot of people who are listening to this podcast will probably know what creepypastas are but if you don't it's essentially a sub-community in the online world. So it falls underneath the Reddit world, the Reddit side of the internet, if you know what I'm talking about. And Reddit is known for having a lot of sub communities. So you can have topics about just about anything and there's a community on Reddit about it. So this particular community, this sub community that is called Creepypastas is essentially just fiction short stories in the horror genre. So when we think about the word creepypasta, it's kind of synonymous with horror short stories. So you'll hear people say, oh, I read this creepypasta. I checked out that creepypasta. And it's basically them saying they checked out a short horror story on Reddit in this little sub community. So that's essentially what it is. And if you're anything like me, if you've watched all the movies, you've watched all the TV shows, you've read the books, and you want something else, and you want something that was created by fellow horror fans for other horror fans, this is the perfect place for you. It has like a whole different kind of genre when it comes to horror that I sometimes just specifically refer to as creepypastas. It has a different vibe. It's very, very interesting. It's very meta, but it's also like super nuanced and it's interesting. A lot of people have bad rap about it, but if you are part of that horror community, you you get it. So I highly recommend if you are looking to scratch that itch. This one in particular, S.A.R. Woods. S.A.R. stands for Search and Rescue Woods. This one is a really, really long creepypasta. Some of them can be a paragraph long. Some of them are a few sentences long. And that kind of goes with the the whole thing of it being a horror short story, right? But this one is long. It's eight parts and each part is pretty extensive. They are not just a couple of paragraphs each. It's like a whole story per section and there's eight sections. It took me a pretty long time to read it when I first read it, but it was 100% worth it and I sped through it given the amount of words that I needed to read because it was just so 
it was just so entrancing. It was very, very interesting and spooky as hell. It's told in an online diary slash forum slash blog post kind of vibe. I will say this story is old. This is not in like Instagram story era, tweet era, although Twitter has been around for a long time. It's definitely not those short little snippets type of stories that you get on Twitter where there's like a thread of a bunch of tweets. It's much longer than that. It it really reminds me of blog posts where there was this there was this era on the in the internet where we would write extensive diary entries that were to to ourselves technically like we were just venting online, but you knew that you had an audience that people were going to come and read your little online blog. I like to think of it as Zanga, and I think that's important to specify here because when you're reading it, if you go and you check it out afterward, you're gonna see the difference between an online diary where people tune in and read it as opposed to like a thread of tweets, if that makes sense. But the story itself is about a search and rescue officer. So this officer is kind of like the equivalent of cops, but they specialize in searching and rescuing missing persons who go missing in the woods. I'm assuming this is for like national parks, public parks, stuff like that. But this is essentially the experience of one search and rescue officer and like all of the experiences that they have experienced over a period of time and they link together. It ends up becoming like one full-fledged story of these experiences that end up inter intertwining, making sense with each other. It's very, very fascinating. So these experiences are obviously not pleasant experiences. They get stranger and stranger as the officer continuously updates their audience and it just gets wild until you reach the end where you're in a you've read so much crazy shit that happened to this officer, you don't even understand what is going on. It's it's that wild. It just gets wilder and wilder. Before we kick things off and I start discussing it in more detail, let's play around a fast fact. So obviously I can't do any games this time around because I'm by myself. I can't play a game with myself, at least at least I don't think so. Maybe I'll, I'll give that an extra thought, but I do have just like a couple of fast facts that I learned while I was doing some research for the episode. So the first thing is that, like I said, this creepypasta is old. It is eight years old. I read this when I was in college and I'm now realizing that it was actually pretty new when I first read it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it's it's eight years old. It was also converted into a season of a short-lived series called Channel Zero. I don't know if people were Channel Zero fans. Those of you who are listening, let me know, by the way, on social if you are, because we loved that show. But that was a Shutter TV series And there was a season, I believe it was the third season, called Butcher's Block, and it was an interpretation or a rendition of this story. So very, very cool. And yes, the author, the original poster of this story did get writing credits for that season. So it was it was pretty legit. And the last thing that I have here is that there seems to have been like severe backlash about the original poster, not explicitly saying that the story was fiction. So that just goes to show how realistic some people thought this story was and eventually the original poster had to confirm that it was in fact a fiction a piece of fiction 
on a separate Reddit post or creepypasta post. And they needed to come clean and say that it was fiction for their mental health because they were getting like severe, severe backlash. However, when I went to go look for the post of them confirming that this story is fiction, um, I couldn't find it. I'm pretty sure the original poster deleted it. So I don't know what happened there, but that was just an interesting tidbit to find while I was doing research. But let's get into the main part of this show. So l let me just start by explaining why I picked this piece of content. Like I said, I read this story a long time ago. I read this story way back in college and I still remember it and I have been out of college for a long time. This story came out eight years ago so I'm pretty sure that when I read it, it had very shortly come out. So I actually remember this so, so clearly. It's absolutely wild how selective my memory is, but I remember that I had a huge gap in between classes. I had like a three-hour gap, and I did not want to do anything but just lay around in the school library, and a lot of us did that, actually. We would find our couches, our designated couches in the college library, and just plop there and fall asleep, do whatever it is that you needed to do in between classes. But this particular day, I'm pretty sure I was having one of those moments where I was like reading nonstop creepypastas and I stumbled upon this one and it had a lot of upvotes even back then. So I just started reading it and I just recall reading it and becoming so, so obsessed with it from the moment I started reading it that my three hour time gap in between classes had passed and I picked up my phone and I walked to class while reading it after class I walked to like commute home while reading it I read it throughout the entire day and I finished it that same day and like I said it was a long story so that's a big one for me I'm not a good reader like I'm a slow reader so yeah that just says a lot about the impact of how fascinating this story was and there's just so many things to love about it. It's so, so creepy. But let me let me get into my points here. The first thing that I have here is that the format is so easy to read because, like I said, it's written in a format where you feel like you're reading someone's diary, but it's also addressed to you as the reader. So you just feel like you're very involved in what's going on. You feel like you are literally reading status updates on what's going on with this search and rescue officer talking about the different experiences experiences they had when they go out into the woods and they're searching for particular people, they're going to a particular area in the woods, perhaps they're familiar with it, perhaps they're not, and just coming across some of the most strangest things they have ever seen in their life. And I'm talking perhaps it's explainable, perhaps it's unexplainable, it's absolutely paranormal, but there's also something about it being like a diary entry and it kind of reeling you in as a reader because it's addressing you as well. That whole cul culmination of that makes it so, so believable. It's also to a point where it's like, this is a real job. This is not like a fake job that someone made up for the story. So everything just kind of aligns for it to be super, super believable. And the lines really, really blur in terms of fiction and reality here, which is why I kind of understand why a lot of people were kind of begging for the validity of this or the confirmation that this is fiction or not, because it's super hard to tell, to be honest with you. And I feel like that's something that's quite common in the creepypasta world. It A lot of stories are written in this way. They're written in a way where you can't really tell if it's fake or not, because people are posting as if they're just posting on in a forum 
and not necessarily like, this is my story, this is the intro to the story, and this is me talking about the story, and now here's the story, if, if that makes sense. So it just seems so believable from start to end, and that's what makes it even creepier, because the things that this search and rescue officer is finding in the woods is so unbelievably creepy that you don't want to believe that this is real. And if it is real, then, you know, reality is scary. It's super, super scary. I can't recall off the top of my head some of the things that, well, I can actually. There are some things that I do recall from the story, such as there's something super notable. This person comes across just floating doors, just doors with staircases leading up to it floating. I mean, like, you're in the middle of a large field, there's no buildings, there's no structures, there would just be a door with a staircase leading up to it, and this person, it was just, like, in the midst of a project, like, or in the midst of, I don't want to say mission, that sounds too epic, (laughs) but they were in the middle of, like, a search and rescue kind of situation, and they come across just, like, a floating door that has nothing attached to it. That is deeply disturbing if you think about the way that this story is written, the way that it's structured, and the way that it kind of blurs lines with reality and fiction. It's disturbing to think about that particular thing being seen in the woods as reality. That is so scary. If I was to go out and take a hike, which I've been doing a lot lately, and see that in the middle of my hiking trail, I would lose my damn mind. I would I would absolutely book it out of there. That is so scary. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with this story in terms of examples of what the search and rescue officer sees while they're out doing their thing. It gets crazier. It gets more and more wild as the updates keep coming. It starts with doors. It starts with little glitches in the air. And then it advances into moving things, into scenarios, into scenes, into a whole bunch of different sequences that just get more and more bizarre, which makes you so, so terrified of the woods, first of all, of this job. Absolutely not. I'm never doing this job ever. Not interested (laughs) of camping. Just like there's so many things to be scared of when it comes to the woods and its vastness and its mystery. But this story is really, really great at encapsulating that by looking at it from a perspective of someone who frequents that kind of environment. And it's not frequent like, oh, you know, I'm going on a hike and I'm not going to come back here because, you know, I've done this hike, I've completed it, blah, blah, blah. This is someone that's going into the same space or similar space every single day as part of their mundane job. So it also adds to that element of believability. Is that a right? Let's just use the word validity. Yes. Um, it really plays into the validity of this story and, again, the blurred lines between reality and fiction. I think creepypastas do such a great job at making that line super blurry. And I think that is the most successful thing about creepypastas. Now, that can end up being something detrimental if we think about the example of Slenderman and how that has reciprocated into reality and true crime. Uh, that can be detrimental. However, if we take it from a surface level as just a horror fan, as just horror lovers, being able to consume a piece of media where it's so close to reality that it freaks you out that much because you don't know what is real and what's not real 
it's amazing. It's such an experience. And I feel like that is my favorite thing about reading creepypastas. And not gonna lie, recording this episode makes me want to go and read some creepypastas because it's been a while. It's been a while since I've experienced that. Wow, that that is unreal. This story is so deeply moving, captivating, and believable to a point where like you just go into a rabbit hole of trying to find out if this is real or not, but I have to keep reminding myself that creepypastas are inevitably fiction. They are short stories. They are short horror fiction stories. They're not real. Um, I have to keep reminding myself that. But if we think about it in the example of other stories that are super believable, say, for example, The Blair Witch Project, a lot of people were very creeped out about that particular piece of media, that movie, because it's also so close to reality. The lines get super blurred there and the marketing that went behind that made it seem super believable too. But we're not talking about Blair Witch Project. We're definitely going to have to talk about that in another season. But yeah, there's just something so enticing about reading or consuming a piece of content that makes you question reality. Now, I do have some dislikes about this story as much as I absolutely love it and I recommend anybody, any and everybody to go check out this story. I do dislike this one sequence in the story at the end, near the end. And endings are hard, right? Especially when you're writing a story. But there's something about the ending in this one that just becomes a little bit too much. I think what I love most about creepypastas and this story is that there was a subtlety to it the entire time and that just lends into that eerie creepy believability i keep saying believability weird creepy validity of that blurred line and at the end of it it becomes too much and then all of a sudden that blurred line becomes completely concrete like yeah this is fiction and it kind of ruined it for me so if you don't like if you don't like endings that aren't perfect you might be disappointed here and I was disappointed to be honest with you after finishing this story but what sticks with me after years and years of reading this is not the ending but the journey the process the whole story before the actual ending is what sticks with me and it has been eight years and it still sticks with me so I still think it's a 100% worth it read just know that the ending isn't isn't ideal it's very dreamlike and it's it's strange and I will actually say that dreamlike kind of vibe is definitely replicated in the channel zero interpretation of it that channel zero season three butcher's block it's very dreamlike as well and you definitely definitely get that vibe from the last few scenes of the story so they were able to take that and run with it and do really well with it but in my opinion i did not love the way that the story ended but that's just me i will also say that the interpretation of channel zero their interpretation their rendition of it they definitely took creative freedom there and they turned it into something that I don't think replicates exactly what the story was replicating. Like they took ideas from it and to be honest with you they probably took more ideas from the ending that I dislike more than the rest of the story at least in my opinion. Uh, But 
I don't want to go too far into talking about Channel Zero because I feel like we should definitely do a few episodes on Channel Zero. Very, very short-lived TV series. It was so, so good. It got better as the seasons went on and then they canceled it. I'm so sad. So sad about that. But the last thing I do just want to acknowledge, like while I was doing my research for this and seeing that people were really, really severely bullying the original poster to confirm the validity of this story... I I just want to say that I dislike that. I I love creepypastas for being subtle and for having that perfect level of blurred lines where the original poster shouldn't have to confirm if it's fake or not. I understand that that's pretty dangerous nowadays, especially after the whole instance with Slenderman, but there's also a line where people cross a lot on the internet and on Reddit where bullying becomes something to an unbearable extremity. And I definitely don't want to condone whatever happened to the original poster. Like I said, I did not see what the actual confirmation post was. But from what I saw in terms of the comments underneath that now deleted post, it looked like that person was very much suffering. Suffering with a lot of mental illness issues or suffering with a lot of bullying issues and it became to be too much to a point where they needed to post something. So I just don't condone it and I just want to say that I really, really disliked learning about that while I was doing the research for this. But all in all, the story itself, the story for what it is, absolutely fantastic. So, so good. I highly recommend that you check it out. Like I said, it's long, but it's definitely not long when it comes to like novel level or novel length kind of pieces. So you can definitely read like one section a day. If you are antsy like me and you need to know what is going on, you're probably just going to speed through it, to be honest with you. It's just me that I'm a slow reader, but I will just say it's not a couple paragraphs long. It's definitely lengthy, but I do recommend and I will absolutely link it wherever I can put in show notes so that you can check it out. I found a more accessible website where you can just click through each section and it'll be like next section, next section, next session, and you won't have to worry about like, oh my god, did I miss a section? Because I feel like that happened to me when I first read this. <laughs> but yeah, definitely let me know if you want to hear more of like a tie-in episode where we tie this story into the show. And you'll definitely hear from Ian in terms of that episode if we do end up doing it because he saw the show with me and I have all of the knowledge of reading the story before seeing the episode. So we'll have dynamic opinions on that for sure. And I do have a question for the audience per usual. I'm pretty sure once we get into season two, I'll be able to actually share some of your responses in episodes because this season has already been pre-recorded, but send in your thoughts, y'all. I want to hear what you think about these things and answer the questions on social media. You can find us at Liver Alone Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. But the question that I have for you this week is, what is the scariest short story you've ever heard. Recaps are absolutely welcome if you can't remember the entire story, but I am excited to hear some some short spooks, if you will. 
But thank you so much for listening. If you liked today's episode and you want to hear more, do us a favor and leave us a rating or simply subscribe and continue listening. Every little bit counts and every little bit helps us continue to the show. I hope you didn't miss Ian too much. Uh, He's definitely going to be back. Don't you worry. But tune in next Wednesday because we're going to be talking about another creepypasta. But, but this one has been turned into a full-fledged published novel. But for now, we'll see you in the kitchen with a knife.